Welcome to Turning the Tide, a podcast featuring stories of ordinary people who are doing extraordinary things in the midst of a global pandemic. Our host is Dr. Lionel Young, who serves as the Executive Vice President of Global Action and is also a research associate with the Cambridge Centre for Christianity Worldwide in Cambridge, England. Our prayer is that you would be blessed, inspired, and encouraged by the stories that we will share. Well, this is uh, Lionel Young, and we want to welcome our guest today. Um, Ian Ames is the Dean of the Harare Theological College in Harare, Zimbabwe. Did I get your title right, Ian? Is it the Dean? I'm actually the administrator, but yes, whatever you want to <laughs> Okay. We're, we just made you the dean of Harari Theological okay. College. Just let your, uh, let your, uh, board know that we just made you okay. the dean. <laughs> um, and Ian, you are a, did I read a third generation Zimbabwean? Yeah, sounds about right. My great grandparents settled here. So you have grown up in, in Zimbabwe. You've spent your entire life there. Yes. And, um, if you don't mind telling us just a little bit about the Harare Theological College, just the, uh, just the background and the history of the college there in, in Zimbabwe. Okay. Great. Thank you, Lionel. Uh, Harare Theological College has been operating since the mid 1950s. It was established by team, which is the Evangelical Alliance Mission out of, out of America. And they saw the need for a very basic education amongst Christian pastors in the area that they had uh, settled in for their mission. Okay. And then it developed from there, grew bigger and bigger and eventually moved into Harare. And since then, obviously we've been catching to a much wider market of, of pastors, not just um, from the small region where it started. We draw pastors from far and wide. We've had guys come down from outside of Zimbabwe to train with us, teach to a diploma, a national diploma. And we are in the process of trying to regain our accreditation to the degree level. Hmm. So now with us having a reduced focus at the diploma level, we basically looked the other way um, with regards to our academic pool and said, well, if we can't focus on the elite, if you wish, who want to go ahead and get a degree, we need to focus on the majority who normally can't access a theological degree type education. And so we started looking around and saying, how can we reach more um, pastors who are home-based, they can't really travel to go to college, they, they, they really can't leave their communities or their congregations. And so our focus has shifted that way in the recent past. Um, we've put together foundational certificates to try and teach at the core um, pastoral level and downwards to your elders and general congregants. It's, I think it's interesting, something you, you just said about uh, you you kind of made this shift um, as I you know reflect on some of the things that God has done in my own life how he you know he tends to bring things that are on the surface just very disappointing and yet it causes us or 
almost requires us to shift our thinking. And in this case, it sounds like Harari Theological College now is is able to reach people they weren't able to reach because of something that was probably disappointing initially. Yeah, a change in focus is never easy, but it's if if you approach it right and obviously approach it prayerfully, it can be beneficial. Yeah, I, my heart lies in reaching more people and solidifying theology rather than reaching the few. Look, we need the few. We need the doctors coming out of out of Africa. We need those with high degrees so that they can write the commentaries of the future, so that they can do the research we need to keep institutions like us going. But I also know that there's a huge need at the at the grassroots sort of level. Um, before we uh, get into that, I, I I wanted to ask you to just tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, Ian, your family, and. Uh, Again, we know you grew up there in Harare, but tell us about your family and tell us how you guys are doing in the midst of this uh, these unprecedented times. Yeah, thank you. Um, look, I, as you say, I'm, I've, I've been here my whole life, uh, born and bred. Um, I was one of four boys, but I really pity my mother because we weren't the easiest of children. Um, <laughs> Unfortunately, one passed away, but the other two are living in the UK now, in, in England. Um, my wife's side, I am married, sorry, one wife, uh, which is biblical. And You have to you usually clarify that when you're in Africa, right? <laughs> just, just one yeah, wife. <laughs> one wife. Um, she's also born and bred Zimbabwean. Again, her family heritage, yeah, she's also her great-grandparents settled here. They came via India. They served uh, in the British uh, Army, etc., in India, and then resettled here. And so she's been here also a while. Our son, we were blessed with one child, um, a son who's now grown up, married um, himself. Um, he has his own wife. He was, I think, the fifth generation of, of our family living in our particular household. Mm. Uh, so we've been here a while. He now lives in South Africa, in Stellenbosch, lovely little town, and he settled there with his wife, made, a, made their own life down there. Mm. So in this lockdown, look, we are more blessed than many. We have space. Um, our housing here, I'm looking out onto a yard at the moment. So, you know, we, we I'm not closed in as such. So we've got, we've got space. We've got access to shops and that. Um, our shutting down happened very early, so there's not a lot of COVID um, cases in Zimbabwe. The shutdown was more preventative than curative. Okay. But having said that, yes, we are we are blessed with the situation we're in, but there are a lot of people who live in very close communities in and around Ferrari and other areas and some of whom we do minister to and that ministry has become a problem mm. because we can't access their communities mm. most of those communities for example they don't have indoor plumbing so they share water points they'll share ablutions that sort of thing mm. and we are worried that that is where an outbreak may happen if an outbreak happens 
So it's early days for Zimbabwe. We, we're just watching. Basically. A good uh, place to kind of transition into the need for uh, theological education in in Zimbabwe. Um, and uh, could you talk just a little bit about why why you feel like the need is so great? Um, I know you know we we rely on a lot of the statistics that are published by the. Um, the Center for Global Christianity in Boston, um, where, you know, we're reading that some 85 to 90% of pastors don't have access to, uh, any kind of theological education. Um, would that be consistent with what you have seen in Zimbabwe? And, um, if, if, if so, could you just talk a little bit about what that looks like, what that means, how that, how that impacts the church. Our core pastoral um, groupings, if you wish, you draw people from all walks of life into the pastorate, as you experienced elsewhere. You know, some will be in it because they think they can earn money out of it. Some will be in it because they know they've had a calling from God. Some will be in it because, you know, if they've differed with their pastor and they're good at speaking, and so people have said, well, why don't you break away and form your own church. Now, the need for theology, theological education is recognized by your pastors that are coming through your mainstream churches. Okay, your your Baptist, your Methodist, your Anglican, those sort of your, your main groups of, of churches um, and your your more established church groups do recognize the need for training. And so there's several other colleges, not just us in, in Harare, but to do. Some are denomination-specific colleges. We're interdenominational as a college, but some are specifically for the denomination. Now, as you move further away from the built-up areas into your more rural areas, a lot of your pastors are serving because they have felt the call of God, and they are in their communities, but they can't travel out of their communities to seek education either because of cost for them to be accommodated somewhere or for the fact that they end up abandoning their congregations to go and do a two or three year degree somewhere. So we need to get education to the person rather than try and expect the person to come and find us. Mm. Like, mm. Now your old fashioned theological institutions of which we're one and there's many all over the world work on the basis that they will come to us because they want to learn. Mm-hmm. And that model has worked. It's worked well. But as we, in Zimbabwe, we've had a few bouts of economic uh, hardship. Okay. And as things get tighter for communities, they can't afford to send their pastor. The pastor himself is often working for no money income, monetary income, oftentimes it will be he's supplied with food or um, given the accommodation or he does odd jobs in order to keep his family going. So oftentimes they are not in a position to travel and seek proper uh, education. Mm. So that need is there um, within Zimbabwe. Now, when we when we met last year, um, you shared uh, with uh you share with me a story that you 
you had been dreaming about ways that uh, possibly you could reach out further. And I know we were talking at that time about possibly working with you. Could you just tell us what God was doing in your heart and how how our, our, we hope to be able to work together to, to reach out to those those communities? Yeah, we were um, looking at, at reaching the communities. We'd been through a couple of phases. Um, the one thing we had tried was recording our lectures that we give in class, um, recording over PowerPoint um, slides, saving that to a disk and sending the disk out to a group we wanted to study, a cohort, with a facilitator or a leader. And they would sit around, watch the, the DVD, talk about it, quizzes, and then get the next one, the next module sent to them. Kind of like a correspondent Bible school, but uh, with a semi-electronic sort of front end. It didn't really work out. We had a few cohorts went through successfully, but the problem was perpetuating and training the trainer, basically. So we've, we've been experimenting with other ways and I was looking for a, a good curriculum to do. We, as, as an educator yourself, you know, starting to write a curriculum from scratch is, is quite a chore, especially when you are lecturing at your own college, you are administrator at the college, you preach at your own church, you have a family, you know, all of, all of the, all of the above tend to, uh, demand time. Okay. So when Global Action got hold of us and said that they were looking to stretch out into Africa, I got fairly excited. Um, obviously once I'd had a look at your material because I needed to make sure it was on the up and up. And I'm pleased to say that it's, it met our approval mm. as I'm sure it meets the approval of many around the globe. And so, yeah, it was the ideal level of material that we feel we can introduce into our rural areas because for many people pastoring english is a second or third language and so we need the language as simple as possible whilst conveying the correct uh, content the um we're i just want to say that we're really excited about um uh this new partnership uh we uh we have such a passion to see people who don't have the opportunity to attend a theological college do so. Um, but this is a great opportunity for us to work with a good theological college that has a, a, a proven track record and you have beautiful facilities there, by the way. I love your library. Um, Libraries are my favorite places, by the way, in the world. So uh, I still remember walking through the library and looking at some of the books that were out. And uh, But this gives us an opportunity to work in partnership with a college to help the college extend its outreach. And uh, I'm viewing it as a, as a win-win. It's something we're passionate about, seeing pastors um, receive training who otherwise would not be able to come. I really liked what you said about this mindset of, you know, we kind of expect people to come to us and, and you're right. That, that does, that's a model that does work for some people, but for many people, and we're finding for most people, it, it's just not possible for them to, um, 
you know, to, to leave their, their job, which, you know, they're dependent on for their daily bread and leave their communities and move to a city like Harare. They would, they would love to, but they, it's just not possible. And so this gets in the way of, you know, getting them the theological education that they so desperately need. And so we're, we're really excited about partnering with you, Ian. Um, before we're done, I want you to talk about the chatterbox <laughs> or it was called the Moodle box when I was there, but now you're calling it the chatterbox. Could you, uh, tell us all about the chatterbox? Um, I, we want to, I want our listeners to, to learn about this. Sounds oh, great. Technically it is a Moodle box. Um, Moodle box was, uh, put together by, I think, the guy in Switzerland, I'm not sure, but some very clever guy. What he did is he took the Moodle learning management system. A lot of people will be familiar with it if they've gone to university. There's a few learning management systems out there, but one of the bigger ones is called Moodle. And he put it onto a Raspberry Pi, which is a small microcomputer. And it's also a very low cost microcomputer. I think they cost something like about 50 US dollars in the States for a, a Raspberry Pi. And so this learning management system was effectively shoehorned onto a very small microcomputer system. Thereafter, it's up to you how you use it. Obviously, what content you put onto it. So all over the world, it'll be used for whatever kind of education business. We looked at adapting it for a couple of vital reasons. The first thing is we looked around and said, if we want to go and offer an online type education, most people in our country do not have access to internet and on their cell phone devices to access and data is very expensive. Okay. So it's just a sheer cost factor and the ability for people to access. So we going online wouldn't suit the majority of, of the learner. So we looked at this box, this little Moodle box, and have put the global action uh, modules onto it as a learning learning module. So they go through the course on, on computer effectively, the same as you would with an online learning course. The difference being is this Raspberry Pi can be taken to the community and left at a church, for example, set up and people can come to the church to do courses. The reason we decided to call it a chatterbox is two things again. One, a chatterbox in the traditional sense of the thing is someone who just doesn't stop talking. And so <laughs> the, the concept is that this Moodle box, this chatterbox just won't stop talking. It's always on and it's always available. It's always there to give you the information that you are seeking. Now, it's also an acronym, which stands for Church Activities, Theological Training, and Education Resource. So that's how we came up with the word chat. So we haven't just put the global education, theological education course on. Okay, we've also put um, your Bible Project video. I think there's 107 of them. We've put an audio Bible, a dramatized audio Bible. We've put the Jesus form on in a couple of languages. Mm. So we are looking for um, Sunday school material to put on. 
But again, it's got to be open copyright. Um, so if anybody knows, please feel free to contact Global Action. That can be, so it can be a useful resource. We can also put podcasts, sermon podcasts. On. And that way it can become a church community resource where a Sunday school teacher can come and look up what she needs to teach or he needs to teach on a Sunday. That a pastor can come and listen to some sermons or find some study material. That um, people can come and do their education course during the week or over a weekend. So it becomes a, a gathering place for a resource that... And you mentioned, Ian, that the this the materials are going to be in English as well as in Shauna for these communities? Right. So for now, it's predominantly English. Okay, We are in the process of trying to look at getting the global action material translated into Shauna, but that is a process which is going to take time. Like say, I've got the Jesus form on in Shona. We are also partnering with another preaching organization called Langham Preaching. You've probably heard of it. Yes. Um, they do preaching all over the world. And Langham Zimbabwe, we have links to them also. So they are wanting to put their level one preaching courses onto the box as well. And also they are in the process of translating their work into Shona. And our goal is not just Shona. Shona is the majority language, but there are other languages in Zimbabwe, the second largest being in Lubele. So those are potential rollouts, but it all takes time, effort, money. Um, and that's the reality of, of life, basically. Well, I, lo- I love, I love the idea. I love how, um, I mean, it makes me reflect on the, the this call to be um, the, the cultural mandate uh, to be creative and to 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 organize things and to come up with new ideas to help make the world a better place and that's exactly what um, what you are doing and we're we're glad to be a part of it. Um, before we're done, um, Ian, could you just tell us uh, maybe some way in which God is giving you hope during this time, um, how He is ministering to you? during these uh, unprecedented times. Great, thank you. Yeah, Um, with this lockdown, uh, isolation, whatever you want to call it, basically, you know, we've been told to remain at home for three weeks initially and now for an extended another two weeks. My wife and I have used those three weeks. We did a 21-day New Testament challenge. So we read through the New Testament. Actually, we listened to the audio that I put onto a Moodle box. Okay, onto the chatterbox. So what we did is we, we watched the video about each book of the Bible from the Bible project. And then we listened to the audio of each book of the Bible. And so we went through the New Testament in the 21 days. Hmm. It's about an hour, hour a day of, of reading and, and listening and thoroughly enjoyed it. And then we spoke, obviously discussed with the family as a, as a husband and wife and uh, prayed, spent time in prayer about it. And now we've turned to Ezekiel because that's one of the books that I've always pushed aside. I've been scared of, of studying DP, uh, a lot, a lot of people. So these next two weeks, we're doing the same with Ezekiel. And I found that the Lord has spoken to us in so many ways, um, as we've come through these teachings, uh, reinforced a lot of what we, what we already knew, but, um, needed to be reminded of. Health wise, all good. Um, you know, we've been blessed with good health. We haven't needed to visit any sort of medical facilities or any of those things. So 
yeah, the, the Lord has been good to us. He really has. And on top of that, I've had some really focused time on this chatterbox without the usual daily interruptions. So, no offense to the board at HTC if you listen to this, but I've actually enjoyed not being at work because I've been able to focus on, on the chatterbox. Well, I know my, uh, uh, our president, Rick Thompson, and our, um, our dean, uh, RJ Cooper, they've been pushing me to get the church history curriculum written. And so they've been doing that for a year. And now they've, they're telling me I now have no excuse. And so <laughs> I have started writing it and I'm, I'm super excited about it. So this is a good time to, to focus on some of those things we've always been wanting to get to. So. Well, I want to thank Ian Ames for being with us. Ian, we're, uh, we're really excited about our partnership with you and thank you for sharing, um, with us about what God has been doing in your life and what God is doing in, in Zimbabwe. And our prayer is that, that his name will be glorified in, in Africa and that he will continue to use you and continue to use us together. Thank you. And we look forward to your visit next year. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Turning the Tide. If you would like more information about global action and the work that we do, please visit our website, www.globalaction.com.